Hi everyone, you're all very welcome back to Wedding Tip Wednesday. The great thing about my Wedding Tip Wednesday podcast is your interaction and I am beyond thrilled to get lots of questions and comments sent in to me every week. Today we are going to talk about winter weddings. I've lots of different tips about how to make the most of the light you have available to you, how to keep warm, possibly having your ceremony a little earlier and lots of advice about your photos too. Get that cup of tea or a glass of wine, sit back and enjoy this episode of Wedding Tip Wednesday. So guys, this podcast is brought to you by Clarence and Clarence is actually the number one luxury skincare brand in Europe. They're a French family brand who are dedicated to beauty and they're experts in skincare and makeup. This is a story of a pioneering brand born in Paris in 1954 with a mission to make life more beautiful and pass on a more beautiful planet. Their products are inspired by the science of nature using over 250 natural plant extracts, each sourced with the utmost care for the environment to protect our planet's biodiversity. Guys, I literally use Clarence products all of the time to live beautifully for myself and for my brides. So I'm delighted to have them on board. Clarence have kindly given us a competition prize to give away at the end of all of my podcasts. It's my very favourite double serum and double serum eye. You just have to listen to the end of the episode to find out how to win. So winter weddings is what we're going to chat about today because, listen, we're in November now. The clocks went back the other day and we are getting darker uh, evenings much earlier now. So we're we're losing the light um, at around sort of half four now every day. So we've lots to talk about when it comes to winter weddings. I love them. I actually, I love photographing during the summer um, when the sun is shining and everybody's in great form. Everybody's in great form in the winter as well. But sometimes during the summer when it gets really, really, really warm, it can be a little bit uncomfortable to photograph. Um, Whereas during the winter, I kind of, I love it. Um, I love the light um, in the morning. I don't love it when we lose it a little bit at half four. So we have to just be a little bit more organised when it comes to photos. Like we have a Christmas wedding happening next year in our house. Uh, James and Sean are getting married uh, in December because they want a Christmas wedding because Christmas is their favourite time of the year and they want to be surrounded by Christmas trees and Christmas lights. Um, And like last year, our son Dean got married and he got married in the height of summer. Um, And, you know, when it comes to, you know, summer weddings and Christmas weddings, there's so many different things that you have to take into consideration. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Like Martin and I um, got married on the 7th of November. So, you know, that's a winter wedding. And The sun shone brightly that day and we had a lovely day. We got married a little bit later and I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes as well. You know, what time to get married at. We got married at half three um, and our ceremony was probably about 40 minutes long and we got outside and we got some gorgeous photographs with our children and some beautiful photographs of the two of us together and we photographed everything else then inside because it got dark. So, you know, there's lots and lots of different elements uh, to be taken into consideration. So, here we go. Um, like it's November, like I said, and we're losing the light. So, you know, having your ceremony is, is, 
you know, at a, at a particular time during the day is really important. Like sometimes, like I said to you a few minutes ago, Martin and I got married at half three, but we got married at half three in the venue um, that we were having our wedding in. So we were on site. Um, but if you're getting married in a church, and I would say this all of the time to my couples, especially uh, during the winter months, it's much um, more convenient to get married at one o'clock um, or half one and, you know, make the most of the daylight. So like I'm doing a wedding um, next week in Kilkee Castle and I only spoke to the couple yesterday and they're getting married at one o'clock. And even, you know, the fact that they're getting married at one o'clock, we, we, we spoke about what's going to happen during the day which I would always do with my couples, you know, when I, when I'm, the wedding is coming up, I will have a Zoom call with them and we will talk about the logistics of the day and what they can expect um, from, I suppose, the time I arrive with them until the time I leave. Um, and one of the things that we spoke about was um, the couple were thinking that they would like to do a meet and greet after the ceremony. So I said, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the timing. And I spoke to my bride about, you know, arriving to the church. And I would always say, like, timing is everything when it comes to a wedding. And I've said this oodles of times before. Um, you know, it is your wedding day, but it's also an event. And, you know, different things will happen at different times during the day. And that bell will ring at a certain time um, in the evening for everybody to come down and have their meal. So you have to sort of work all of your timings um, around what time you're getting married and, and what time the bell is going to ring and everything else then that's going to happen between uh, those two times. So we spoke about the ceremony happening at one o'clock and I talked about how really the bridesmaids should be arriving to the church no later than 12.55, five to one. And how my bride should be arriving to the church, driving in in the car at one o'clock and be outside the church door at one o'clock. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, oh my God, one o'clock on time. Well, that's too early. It's not too early. And I've said this before, so I'm going to say it again because we're talking about winter weddings and we're talking about how quickly the light goes during the day. Um, if you arrive to the, the ceremony, to the church at one o'clock and you're meant to be getting married at one o'clock, like I, for example, would probably get into the car with, you know, my bride and her dad or whoever's in the car with her and get a little photograph in the car. Then I'll take them out of the car, make sure the dress is kind of all nicely laid out and I'll probably get the bridesmaids in as well and get dad in and take a few photos there. Now, don't spend 15 minutes outside the church taking photos because I know that the girls just want to get inside and my bride wants to walk up the aisle. Um, but it is going to take a good 10 minutes from the time that the car arrives outside getting the last few guests into the church, um, photographing that little shot in the car, getting the shot outside the car, you know, and if there are children in the bridal party, <laughs> trying to keep them entertained and looking at me and, you know, Amy's always with me as well, so she's brilliant at that. But like all of those little bits have to happen before we start to walk into the church. And if you've got three bridesmaids, four bridesmaids, um, I want to get a nice photograph of each of them walking up the aisle. So I'll tell them outside the church door. Now, listen, give yourselves half an aisle in between each other before the next bride, bridesmaid walks up. Because if you're too close to each other, and I've said it before, I'll only get the first bridesmaid. I won't get the second and third or fourth. So I have that quick chat with them outside the door. And then the bride doesn't walk in with her dad until the aisle is completely clear. So taking all of that into consideration, and she has arrived to the door at one o'clock. We're now probably about 10 past one, 
12 minutes past one. So by the time my bride gets to the top of the aisle, it's it's kind of closer to 1.15 and that's arriving on time. So if you don't arrive to the church because you want to, you know, be a couple of minutes late, if you don't arrive to the door in the car a quarter past one, it's going to be half one by the time you get to the top. And then that half an hour is gone. You know, there's no getting it back. And you're, like I said before, loads of times, they're still going to ring the bell in the hotel at the same time. So be on time for the church. Um, and getting married earlier in the day, one o'clock, half one, if you can, at the latest. Now, I know if people go, oh, Jenny, I'm not getting married till three o'clock or half two or whatever. How is that going to affect my day? You just need to be organised and everybody needs to know where they've got to be for photographs so that you're not delayed and that you're going to get some sort of time at your drinks reception as well. So my couple had said to me, so we'd like to do a meet and greet, we think, at the door. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, no problem. And listen, and I've said it loads of times before as well, the meet and greet does take a good bit of time. And do you want to use that time at the door of the church, shaking everybody's hand coming out when you could be doing it back at the drinks reception as well? You know, you could be using that time to have your photographs taken and then take that time and use it at the drinks. You know, spend time walking around, having a drink with people in a warmer environment. So we we spoke about the time. So I, I was saying, you know, you'll arrive to the top of the aisle at quarter past one. The ceremony is going to take a full hour. You'll walk back down at quarter past two. And, you know, Kilkey Castle is like a few minutes drive. So quarter past two, you're going to walk down and you're at the end of the aisle. Many guests have you got 170, quarter past two. So you're going to get away from the door of the church at about 10 to three, three o'clock at the latest. And they're like, oh, will it take that long? Absolutely. You have to shake 170 hands. You have to speak to 170 people. Some of them will be like, congratulations and walk by. Most of them, if not all of them, will be like, oh my God, you look amazing. Oh, your dress is fabulous. Oh, your veil is gorgeous. Look at your flowers. Congratulations. And then move on to the groom. Look at you and you look so handsome. And if everybody does that 170 times, add it up. So it's definitely 40 minutes at the door of the church, no matter what. And then you'll come outside. And even though it's cold, people still will kind of be hanging around chatting and you might get stuck again. So like if you can avoid that meet and greet um, at the door of the ceremony, when you've got a little bit of a distance to go to your venue, then try and avoid it. And how can we avoid it? Tell the priest to announce at the end of the ceremony that the couple are not doing the meet and greet. They're going to go back to the hotel and get photos and make the most of the daylight. And people actually like that because they can go back then, check in and have more time at the drinks reception. And the 170th person at the back of the church Think of them too, you know, they're standing there for 45 minutes waiting to get out to shake your hand. So I spoke to them about this and then we talked about kind of the timing. So quarter past two, you get away from the door at like three o'clock and then we get back to, to Kilkey and we're ready really for photos by 20 past three. So family would take, you know, 15, 20 minutes add that on, then add on your bridal party and then add on your couple shots and their drink and their um, speeches are happening at the drinks reception at, at half four. So I was like, now, so you tell me if you want to do a meet and greet. So, you know, like I said, at this time of year, you really have to be mindful of the light and um, have a plan for photos and have a think about your meet and greet and have a think about the things that you don't have to do. OK, so try and get married one o'clock, half one. Um, now, like I said to you a few minutes ago, Martin and I got married at half three and we were in the venue. 
So we didn't have that travel from the ceremony to the venue. We were there. Um, now, like I said, it does start to get uh, a little bit dark at four o'clock and the light is more or less gone by, <clears throat> pardon me, by half four um, at this time of year. And and as it gets later and into December, like four o'clock really is your limit. So if you're getting married in the venue at three, three thirty, you cannot do a meet and greet at the door. Absolutely not. Otherwise, forget about getting outside at all. Um, and if you don't mind, if, you know, about having all of your photos taken inside, that's absolutely fine too. But if you're getting married at three or half three, and like I'm thinking of Ballymagarvey, Tankardstown and, and venues like that, they can only let you get married at three or half three because they've had a wedding the day before and they want to make sure the area is completely clear for you because this is your day. So that's why they will only let you get married at that time because they're clearing and they're cleaning and they're getting um, the venue ready for you. Um, so I would also say in, in the wedding venue, I, so what I would do, you know, at this time of year is what I would try and get my photos of my bridal party and my couple done outside. And then I'm not worried too much then about family because I can take them inside and I can use flash on the top of my camera for those photographs. And like very often in the family, you might have nieces and nephews who are small and it's not fair to be taking them out into the freezing cold. The bridal party don't mind and neither do the couple. Um, but you can do all of your family photographs inside. So make sure that there's an area within the wedding venue that you can use um, for those photos. So speak to your wedding coordinator and just say, look, where can we use for the family photos? Um, when our photographer brings us back inside because we need an area that's not being used by the drinks reception or by, you know, another event that's happening in the hotel. So where can we use? That's really, really important. Um, sometimes it depends on where we are. I kind of struggle to find a little area because you might have a couple of rooms, but there might be other functions going on if it's a hotel. If it's a wedding venue, um, I would generally say to the couples beforehand, will you just ask the wedding coordinator to keep that area free? I'm going to need it between this time and this time. Um, you've heard me talking about time schedules before. I am famous for it. <laughs> I think, you know, I get slagged all the time in a good way by hair and makeup people about my time schedule. It's not that I have like a very strict time schedule, but I would always say to my bride, look, I want to be up at the ceremony for this time to photograph your other half because it's their day too. And like even that couple I was talking about a second ago, um, they're getting married at one o'clock. I want to be at that church at half twelve so that I can photograph the groom with his mom, the groom with his dad, the groom with his mom and dad together and all the groomsmen. But I also want to capture people arriving and wishing them well because the bride will miss all that. So, um, so, so for timing, I would sort of say to my bride then, so because I want to be at the church for half twelve and you live five minutes away, I'm going to leave you at 25 past 12. So I want you in your dress no later than 12 o'clock, because if you're not in your dress for 12 o'clock, you're going to push things down. I'm not going to leave you until I have all those photographs taken of your dad seeing you for the first time in your dress. I don't go anywhere till I have that done. But like photographs of you with your bridesmaids, photographs of you with your mum, but some really nice portrait shots of you and your own. I definitely need minimum 25 minutes for all that. So I need her in her dress for 12 o'clock. So that would be my time schedule. And then what I would say is sort of in advance of that, bridesmaids and everybody else in the house or wherever you're getting ready needs to be dressed before that, needs to be dressed before the bride. So whoever's getting her into her dress, you don't want them getting you into your dress when they're still in their PJs. It's better when they're dressed. And then, you know, when you're dressed, oh, everyone's ready for the photos. So 
I want her in her dress for 12 o'clock. That means we're going to start her wedding dress ceremony. That's what I call it. At quarter to 12. So I need everybody dressed at quarter to 12. And that's the time schedule I have. And if they stick to that, then everything else is just going to run really smoothly. And at this time of year, I can't emphasize how important that time schedule um, is. Uh, the other options, I suppose, really, you know, to get the, the the best out of the day and and make use of the light is sometimes people do a first look with each other before they get married. And that's becoming more and more popular at this time of year. I'm quite old fashioned when it comes to that now. I, I'd sort of when people say, what's your opinion on that? I would say, well, if you can avoid it. Um, avoid it and I and and try and see each other for the first time at the top of the aisle. But I do completely agree with it at this time of year when we're losing the light. Because I only did a wedding um recently in a dare manner where the couple saw each other for the first time before they got married and I had 30 minutes with them. So I had 30 minutes to get some gorgeous photographs of the two of them and they were so romantic in the photos because they're like, oh my God, they're seeing each other before anybody else got to see them. And there was just that lovely connect in those photographs and I loved it and I had 30 minutes with the two of them and I only needed to get a few shots of them then afterwards after they got married um, because I had most of them done beforehand and it was just really nice so I do agree with doing that at this time of year Um, like especially in a wedding venue like I had somebody else say to me there they're getting married in the summer of next year and they want they want all the time at their drinks reception and they're getting married a bit later as well so they were saying you know can we do the first look and can we do all our family photos before the ceremony and because they're getting married at 3.30 I was like absolutely and then that just means then that the they can just once they're married they can just blend in and enjoy their day and just mingle with their guests so have a think about what you can do um to spend more time to give you more time at your drinks reception so that you can enjoy the day a bit more so that you're not outside or in a room or away from your guests for for the entire day because winter is a gorgeous time to get married like I was doing a wedding in Luttrellstown Castle um just before Christmas gone um James McCarthy married Cloda and it was just the most beautiful day and the two of them got uh, ready down there as well um in Luttrellstown and it was gorgeous because I got to spend the morning with Cloda and I popped over to James and the lads as well they were getting ready there and it was fabulous outside like the, the, that was freezing oh Jesus that was freezing but it like the views were gorgeous um, the ground was like all white it was all very frosty and there was that mist in the air and we got incredible photographs and when we came back they didn't do a meet and greet they got married in St. Mactus Church which is like a five minute drive away and when we got back to Luttrellstown it was boom straight into the photos straight into those um, photographs outside Luttrellstown and I did all my family photographs then inside in their beautiful hallway uh, where their Christmas tree is so everything worked really well because they stuck to the times I gave them I got those gorgeous wintry shots outside and then I got the two of them inside because the other thing is by the way um, I don't know about anybody else but my hands go blue when I'm cold and that's not a great look on photographs so you want to sort of keep yourself warm as well and uh, one of the options I would say uh, especially for the girls because the lads have jackets on and waistcoats and sometimes you know they'll, they'll have kind of suede um, tuxedos on them and they're nice and warm the lads whereas the girls like you know they've 
they, they're they not dressed up as much as the boys are and they can get a bit cold. So they do these fabulous kind of fake fur little shawls in pennies, like for 25 quid. And they are stunning and you would use them again and again and again. So keeping warm is a big thing. And while I would keep the fake furs on, I would take them off for a couple of minutes as well, just so we can get a, an option, uh, you know, for both looks but your hands are really really important and you can buy all sorts of little kind of you know hand warmers as well I very often see them uh, in the church for the bridesmaids and they just kind of it's like a little glove that you put on your hand and and it's, it's almost like a little hot water bottle in it and it just keeps your hands nice and warm and obviously you get rid of them then for the photos. So keeping warm is a big thing as well. Um, one of the things I would say no to at this time of year if if like some people like to get a group photograph taken of everybody and I would say do you know what like I would always take that outside the church um, I don't like to do it within the venue or within the church um, because you're getting the bride and groom to walk a little bit down the aisle and then they have to stop and then they have to turn around and they have to look up at the gallery and then everyone has to get into the photo with them and then they walk down the aisle and it kind of messes that lovely moment of walking out of the church so I never ever do it in the church I would always do it outside the church your guests are not going to want to stand around in the freezing cold at this time of year for a group photo. So what I would always do, and I do it anyway, even when I do have to get that group photo, which I don't like getting, um, I'll do it if I'm asked to do it though. Um, I would always kind of try and focus a lot of my time at the drinks reception on guests enjoying themselves when they don't know the cameras on them. They're the best ones. It's lovely to look back at all those little stories unfolding. Um at your wedding. But when they ring the bell and they bring everybody in for the meal and they seat them for the meal and the hotel staff are going around taking, you know, the orders for the meal, I'll go around the tables as well with Amy and we'll photograph everybody to the camera. So I would never miss a guest at your wedding. If you have booked me to shoot your wedding, every single person gets photographed at, at um, your wedding and they're all about it because they're all sitting around the tables and, you know, I'll get nice couple shots or, you know, if somebody's not with somebody, I'll get a group of lads in together. So it's great fun, actually. And while Amy's getting those shots, I'm kind of photographing other people laughing and joking at the tables as well. So all of your guests you know, will be photographed if you book me. I know that um, an awful lot of photographers don't do that. I've just always done it because I just feel photos are absolutely priceless. And the amount of calls I would get in my studio asking me to send out a photograph of an auntie, an uncle, a grandparent, um, you know, and when you think about weddings, we all get dressed up to the nines for the wedding, you know, and that person in that photograph has looked their very, very best. And sometimes, unfortunately, somebody might have passed away like a grandparent. And it's just lovely to have those photographs. But it's nice also afterwards when you get your USB key from from me um, to kind of print them off and send them into in your thank you cards because they're not expecting that. And it's a lovely, lovely thing to do. Another thing this time of year. Listen, rain is a big thing in Ireland, even during the summer. So umbrellas are so important. Um, umbrellas with no logos on them, please. Oh my God, Marlboro Lights, if I see another one of those. Like, you don't want logoed umbrellas in your photographs. I do my own umbrellas, my own by Jenny McCarthy umbrellas. They're stunning. I have white ones and I have black ones and they're just beautiful. They are quite large and um, definitely they, they cover two people. So I would always have some in my boot, but you can buy them on buyjennymccarthy.ie. Um, but having nice umbrellas and ones that are going to look well in your photos really, 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 really important, especially at this time of year. The distance from the ceremony to the venue, you know, when I get into the car sometimes I'm thinking, oh God, we've an hour to drive now to the wedding venue. I'm really asleep by the time I get there. 
if you're, you know, planning your wedding for next, next winter, because if you have your wedding already planned for this winter, it's a bit late. Try and make sure that the ceremony isn't too far away from the wedding venue. You know, again, you're losing like half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour in the car when you could be outside having your photographs taken. So think about, I know, you know, you might might want to get married in the, in your local church, but have a think about the logistics of the day and, and what's really important. Getting married in the church or getting married in a church that's near the hotel, you know, and keeping that time then for the light and for your photos. Um, you know, your wedding cake. I have seen the most magnificent wedding cakes at this time of year where you can go darker on the icing um, and you can do amazing stuff with your wedding cake. And it sort of says winter, you know. Um, so speak to whoever is making your cake. And then you do have some couples who want to keep that kind of lovely white icing. And if that's the case, then speak to your florist and ask them, will they provide some of the flowers that you're using um, to put around your cake and just kind of give give it that little winter um, feel. Food and beverages for your guests at this time of year. I love nothing more than to walk into a wedding venue when it's been, it's freezing cold outside and smell mulled wine. Now, I do like a little bit of mulled wine, but it just makes me want to have a glass. I don't do it because I'm photographing. <laughs> but think your guests walking in getting that lovely scent of mulled wine and it, and it, it, it just says winter, doesn't it? And like even if they could provide like hot chocolate and hot beverages for people and hot canapes, as opposed to kind of cold, like little bits of um, brown bread and salmon, you know, hot food and hot drinks are just really, really nice around Christmas time. You may have heard me a hundred million times talking about wedding shoes for the bride and the groom and testing them out beforehand and having another pair on the day uh, that are, are comfortable. But it's especially important in the winter time as well, because if you have a gorgeous pair of shoes, um, you know, that you don't want to ruin, you definitely don't want to be walking around with them in the winter outside when it could be a bit wetter and you might be asked to walk across grass and your shoes could be white and you don't want to get them ruined. So 100% have another pair of shoes with you. The same height as your wedding shoes. You'll have loads of time to organise this. You probably have a pair in your wardrobe. And the reason why I say try and have them at the same height as the as the, your wedding shoes is that you want your dress and your shoes to work well together. Um, because you will have brought your shoes to all your wedding dress fittings because your bridal designer will want to make sure that it's, you know, it's the, the, the correct length. So that's why I'm saying they have to sort of be the same height um, as your wedding shoes. And for later on, when you're dancing on the dance floor, it doesn't matter then, does it? You know, you'd be hiking the dress up and you'd be dancing so you could totally wear um, your wedgies for that, like your um, absolutely, or your slip-ons or no um, shoes at all. I, I see a lot of brides um, dancing in their bare feet. Um, snow, oh my God. You know, again, we're coming into that time of year where like, you know, the end of November, December, we could have a bit of snow. I remember in 2010, we had snow. Does anybody ever remember that? I was doing a wedding down in Brook Lodge. Oh God, it was, it was amazing. The photographs were stunning. Some of the nicest photographs I've ever taken, but by Jesus was I stressed. Um, it normally takes me about an hour and a half to get there. I think it took me three and a half hours to get there that day. It was absolutely horrendous, the drive. Um, and the poor couple ha probably had about 40 or 50 people guests who couldn't go, couldn't show up because the, the snow was just so thick, especially in Ockram. So Ockram is like a little village. And then when you get into Ockram, you have to kind of drive up a hill and drive off out to Brook Lodge. And that road is 
lethal when it's snowing. And they were all told not to drive their car from Ockram to Brook Lodge because if it wasn't a four-wheel drive, they wouldn't make it. And what did they do? They took their car. <laughs> so the, car, the, the roads were blocked because cars were getting stuck and Oh, it was just mad. Thankfully, my um, car is a four-wheel drive, so I made it okay. But it was quite stressful getting there. So snow is amazing. Your photographs will be stunning. So, um, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what to say to you because, like, I mean, that was quite unusual to have snow, that that was, you know, it, it was horrendous, but I got the most beautiful, beautiful photographs. But keep warm. That's the one thing I would say is you have to keep warm. And my bride that time had fabulous welly boots as well because the snow was up to my knees at points, you know, and uh, I had to kind of pick spots where I was putting my couple. And of course, I was sinking and falling into the snow. It was very, very funny. Transport for your bridal party. If you can at all, make sure that you have them all together so that they all arrive back at the wedding venue together. That that would be absolutely ideal because you don't want anybody going missing at this time of year because it's very, very important that you keep everybody together. Everybody knows where they're going to be for photographs. Make sure that when your family and your bridal party get back to the hotel that they don't check in, that they're available for photos so that your photographer has everyone they need for photographs. Um, And finally, I'm going to talk about the sparkler shots because at this time of year, sparkler shots are becoming more and more popular because it's getting darker. Um, If you only have booked your photographer until you're announced into the room for the meal, you might want to do a little sparkler shot before they go. I am going to talk about health and safety around sparkler shots. And you're probably going, oh, here she goes. Honestly, um, I love nothing more than a sparkler shot, but I have seen all sorts of disasters happening um, when it comes to um, taking photographs of them. And generally, I'm talking about later on in the evening, you know, when the meal is over and just before the band come on, that's kind of a typical time to get sparkler shots. Um So if you are doing it at that time, please make sure that you give the sparklers to somebody who's really responsible and who's not going to be locked (laughs) and really drunk. So what I would normally do is get the sparklers, myself and Amy, and we hand one to each person. Just one sparkler. They don't need two. One sparkler to each person. And make sure that you have a lot of lighters. And I would always recommend, and I've said this on here before, recommend going to um, the Euro shop. You know, those ones with the long... um, they have a long end on them and then you can kind of light a sparkler or two. When you have the sparklers lit, then all of your guests can kind of light them off each other. But the main thing is once it's lit, you can't go near that. I mean, I know the sparks that come off it are okay, but the rod itself is like a hot poker that you've just popped into a fire and left there for half an hour. It's lethal. So, you know, you really do need somebody to organise this for you because you don't leave it to the bride and groom. Give it to somebody, give it to two people if you can. Um, and then you, you'll have, you know, two lines of people facing each other and they really need to hold those sparklers as high up in the air as they possibly can because your bride and groom or your couple need to come through the sparklers and that sparkler should not be near anybody's head because it's like a hot rod that was in the fire. Um, I've had shirts burnt. I've had jackets with little holes in them because people just kind of, they drink on them and they're flying them around. Um, And they can be really, really dangerous. And I spoke to um, somebody the other day who owns a wedding venue that I was shooting in last weekend. And he told me that recently they had a sparkler shot happening and there was a girl there and she had like a little chiffon top on her. And Somebody obviously tipped off her with the sparkler and the whole thing, you know, um, not that it went on fire, but it sort of melted into her and she was in agony. So 
you really, really do need to be very, very, very careful of them. And an awful lot of hotel venues are banning them now. I was in another hotel during the summer and they said, Jenny, no sparklers. And I said, OK, you need to tell the bride and groom that now. That's fine. I've no problem not doing it. Um, and they said they cut it out altogether because somebody threw the sparklers on the ground when they were finished instead of putting them into a bin somewhere. And they were using a ride-on mower the following day or whenever afterwards and three and a half thousand euros worth of damage was done to their lawnmower. Now, I mean, that's fine because it's insured, but you just don't want somebody getting hurt. So that's health and safety around sparkler shots. And once you have that covered and whoever's handing out the sparklers speaks about what they're doing, I'm going to hand one to each person. This is what you do. This is how you hold them. And once the shot is taken, don't move. I'm going to go back to around around to each one of you and take them off you. Give me the bottom part and get like some sort of like a steel bucket to put them in upside down in afterwards. And once all of that is covered, you're going to get the most beautiful, beautiful shots. But just make sure that, you know, you think health and safety when it comes to a sparkler shot. And if you are getting married at Christmas time, please listen to the tips. Take them all on board. Time schedule is everything and have the best day of your life. Winter weddings are just amazing. And that's it for Wedding Tip Wednesday this week. It is competition time with Clarence now. To be in with a chance to win, all you need to do is comment on the post on my Instagram page, which is Jenny McCarthy 8 and leave this week's secret code, Winter Weddings. I will announce who won on next week's podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back here with another episode of Wedding Tip Wednesday next week. <laughs>